Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 107, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Walk-In in a Render Wonderland. This episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. By shopping on Amazon using our link, you are able to support the show. If you are interested in this film or this book, go and rent or purchase using our Amazon link, rotoscopers.com slash Amazon. We get a little kickback and we appreciate any shopping that you can do, especially as Black Friday is coming up soon. Again, that's rotoscopers.com slash Amazon. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. My name is Chelsea Robson. We have Mason Smith and Morgan Straddling on the line. Everybody say hello. Hello. <laughs> and I brought my good friend chocolate ice cream because it's um, cloudy with a chance of meatballs episode. Oh, Best breakfast ever. That would be, that is actually the best, I've not would it, I've definitely tasted that for breakfast. <laughs> Anyways, for those who are dry, joining live, this is our show where we talk about all things animation. So we talk about Disney, DreamWorks, and today we are talking about Sony Pictures Animation, which is one of the newcomers on the scene, and they definitely made their mark with this film, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It's one of probably their most popular films. They made a sequel for it. People absolutely love Love this movie, and this is actually one of our patrons' choice episodes. Go so, patrons! Yay! Woo! The patrons are awesome. I love our patrons, and I really, you know, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate the support that we get from the patrons because it allows us to, uh, you know, we are so close with Patreon. Um, once we hit 500 uh, a month, which we I think we're around 375 right now, so just 125 dollars more a month, then we will start doing um, on our off weeks. So. Basically, we'll have an episode every week, but this new show is going to be a news show. So we're all going to get together. We're going to talk about this week's news in the animation world. We'll have guests from the writing staff of rotoscopers.com. It's going to be really, really exciting, but we can't start it without your help. So once we reach 500, that will be great. And, you know, so if you've been thinking about joining uh, Patreon, there are a lot of awesome perks and whatnot. So check it out, rotoscopers.com slash Patreon, and you can get all the info there. But enough of that. Let's talk about food. One of my favorite things. Since he was a little boy, Flint Lockwood dreamed of being a famous inventor. Remote control television. The trouble was his inventions tended to be... A little unusual. Ratbird! What's going on, little guy? Squeak, squeak, squeak! But a guy like Flint never, ever gives up. Flint. Hi, Dad! Something's wrong! And then one day, he made an incredible discovery. Conversion of water into food. Networking power grid! Yes! Everyone is going to love this. The soul. If you have a hunger for excitement. And an appetite for adventure. Prepare to get served.
Mamma Mia. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs in mouth-watering 3D. Everything's made of jello. Come on, Steve. We've got a diem to carpe. Oh, I like it. I like it. This is a film by a lot of people. <laughs> so, I really like that they put that. Have you ever, if you've noticed uh, some of the newer Marvel movies at the end, <clears throat> and a lot of other films, at the very end of the credits, they're like, this movie was made by over a thousand, you know, industry workers who worked, you know, several million man hours to have this happen. So, thank you, VFX industry for giving them jobs. This is kind of like a more like more simple and elegant way of stating it that it's not just the, the production stu- the it's not just the studio, it's not just the distributor. You know, it's the artists and the people that that put these films together and they definitely deserve recognition. I think it was like Lino De Salvo, um, you know, ex ex um you know, animation director for Disney's Frozen, who said on Twitter recently that, man, I really wish that they would put the voice actor's name next to the lead animator's name for for animated characters. And uh, this is kind of a, like, simple way of, like, helping people understand just how much effort goes into these films. I feel like they used to do that. They did. Yeah, yeah, they did with 2D a lot, and yeah. they still they still do for some animated films, but others you have to dig really deep. Deep, like um, Doctor Brian. Uh, no, actually, Dave from Penguins of Madagascar, I consider to be like an animation like like masterpiece. Whoever did the work on him, and I did eventually find out who it was, but I didn't find out through the credits. I had to do some digging on the internet, and I'm a little disappointed by stuff like that. <laughs> Lots of people in in lots of to make things easy. (laughs) Yeah, in lots of years, like what was Strange Magic in production for eight years? Okay, bad example. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of animated films go on for a long, long time. Oh, that really? It was in production for eight years, and they just marketing just fell flat on that one. It's it's so it's been in production for so long that one of my professors was working on it. (laughs) <laughs> when they first conceived the idea. When he was a student, he's been working. He was working. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. This is, like I said, one of their most popular films that they have done, filmed by a lot of people. Now, all of this is coming from Wikipedia and Box Office Mojo. We like to talk about some general facts about this film. It Obviously, studio, Sony Pictures Animation. The directors are Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So these two names sound familiar. Uh, yes, it does. Because everything is awesome. Because they, everything is awesome. They went on to direct the Lego movie. Uh, they had so much success with this. I really think this you know, was one of the highlights of their careers. And, and now they probably can get any animated film they want, any directing gig. They really are kind of the hot stuff now. Um, eight, this was released September 18th, 2009. So six years ago, this movie was released. Which 2009. Is, 
crazy to me. Uh, budget was $100 million and it made $124.9 million in the US and worldwide $243 million, which is quite good. And so obviously this is why they decided to make the sequel. But I do think the first film is better. Just it's obvious it's based on a book of the same name, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. The book was it's a children's book. Uh, it's illustrated. It's, you know, pretty short, you know, as children's uh, illustrated books are. But I remember growing up reading this book, loving this book, thinking it was so cool. It came out in 1978. Um, but it wasn't one of those books that just, you know, had its heyday and then left. I mean, even when I was a child in the early 90s, this was a book that I read. I remember this book on Reading at Rainbow. It was that popular. But this, this film definitely That's has a different art style than the book. And I like that they took a lot of artistic liberties because this is way goofier, way funnier than the book. The book was amazing, but they really just took the premise of food coming from the sky and went from there. Yeah, you have to make it more goofy when you have half the cast of Saturday Night Live voicing for your show. (laughs) You got to make some changes for them. I'm pretty sure this was the first animated film for Bill Hader. I'm pretty sure this was the first animated film for the lady who was Lorelai in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. But Bill Hader, like you look at his animation voicing history over the last, since then, you know, since in the last six years, he's like the man, especially for Pixar movies. He's just been in everything. He's almost the John Ratzenberger. (laughs) Almost, except for he doesn't stick with one particular studio. No, he doesn't, but. Now he's the head pig guy for um, How to Train Your Bird or, um. For Angry Birds, sorry. <laughs> you want to throw a bird at a pig. <laughs> I never read the book. And this was my first time watching it, actually. This was my first time watching it. In 2009, I, I and Morgan, I bet, we were both out of the country mm-hmm. in 2009. And so I think in Argentina, it was being advertised as like, Nubes con, I don't know, something, something. No, it was called the Hamburger Rain. That's what it was called, La Chuvia Hamburguesa. I think that's what it Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's what they called it. And I was like, the Hamburger Rain? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel so sad. I feel so sorry for non-English um, speaking audiences sometimes because the whole lost in translation thing makes things sound really weird in other countries. Like, mom, 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 I want to watch the Hamburger Rain. <laughs> Coming in 2010. Hamburger rain is just such a fleeting thing. Yes, it's the very first thing that happens is that burgers are falling from the sky, but we move on from that pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what if they did that for us? It was like Shrek is, is instead, Shrek is like the talking donkey. <laughs> That'll do donkey. Frozen, Frozen is like the ice monster. <laughs> I want to see the ice monster. <laughs> they just take the one thing. That's so funny. Yeah. What about you, Chelsea? I did see this in theaters. I saw this, and I remember being pretty excited about it. I mean... As far as time went, I just remember going in. I did see it in 3D, which was pretty awesome, too. Oh. I know. At that point in time, I wasn't one that would ever really go see things in 3D. But I was like, you know what? For Let's just go for it, you know? And I saw it in 3D, and I just remember laughing my head off and thinking this is probably the very best movie ever. Up ever? Until, 
Well, no, not at the, I mean, in the moment, I'm like, this is amazing, best movie ever, you know, not true. Typ- typical hyperbole. It's the right. internet, it's the internet age. Everything, everything is either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. Exactly. So it wasn't ever, but it was in that moment, it was the greatest. And I just remember having a lot of fun with it. I remember later on, Morgan, um, I was, I wrote you a letter that because you had asked me, so what movies are? Because you were about to come back um, into town, and you're like, so what movies are out there? And and I was just like, well, How to Train Your Dragon. A lot of people say that one's cool. I haven't seen it yet though, but I sure do remember Cloudy with a Chance of Meeples. That was awesome. So see that one. <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. Also, I forgot to mention Bruce Campbell is in this uh, this animated film. He was from like Army of Darkness and Evil Dead. Those were like the only things he did that were good. <laughs> and it's really weird that he's the, the voice of the mayor in this film. Oh, the mayor. We will talk about the mayor. <laughs> How did they choose Bruce Campbell? I, I don't know. Anyway. So, one thing I noticed about this was how much, um, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing really original. But it's fun to see like fun like spoofs and parodies of different things. Mm-hmm. Um. And so uh, I I happen to notice quite a few references to other movies that, you know what, for this type of film, I'm actually fine with. They did the same thing in Food Fight, but it just didn't work out as well. <laughs> yeah. That's for another episode. I like uh, the gummy bears tearing off the, the wings of the of the flying car, too. You know, very, uh, very Twilight Zone. Yeah. Well, and I remember Alien, for sure. Like, every th- time... Like the man-eating chickens come around, you just. Feel... I think that's aliens. I think that's when they like pop their head up and they see all the aliens in the in the roof. I got a real Lord of the Rings vibe out of that. Really? You know, when they're in Moria and and all the orcs are crawling on the ceilings and stuff. But that also also had an alien vibe. Yeah, Independence Day though, that one was probably the one that I got most. Yep, that was of. pretty blatant. Yeah. The, the, the good old perfect <laughs> when they take down a building. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So lots of lots of interesting and then blatant Star Wars reference. I mean, what is a movie without a Star Wars reference? It's you basically can't make a movie nowadays without it. That's because in I should make a video about this or something because Star Wars isn't a movie anymore. It's a pop culture entity. But it's still a movie. But it's going to be a movie. They're going to make movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, Star Wars. <laughs> Perfect. So so, like I said, I hadn't seen this movie until today, so I'm interested to hear, same thing with Mason, I'm interested to hear his thoughts on what he originally thought about this film. But there was so much hype leading up to this film where it was almost, hype. it's the overhype thing where you're thinking, wow, everyone says it's so great, it's so amazing, is it really? Um, and it was very good, but I think for me, I was a little overhyped on how amazing this movie was. But I did really like it, I mean, so many great quotes. This is a quotable quote <laughs> for sure. And I want to watch it again just so I can have all these different quotes in my repertoire because they were so good. And you know what's great is that it's hilarious and it has great quotes, but it's not that inappropriate. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> I like, like for it. all the yeah. SNL stars, it's it's not it's hardly bad. Like yeah. if you want to judge by Sony movies um, of inappropriate potty mayhem humor hotel transylvania 2 is up here hotel transylvania 1 is up here surfs up is kind of here and then cloudy with a chance of meatballs 1 i haven't seen 2 yet 
is like you know it's it's pretty tame like it's good family entertainment you know as they say that's really cheesy but that's how i feel and this i i literally finished watching it like five minutes before we recorded <laughs> i i figured so i am I was fresh off our the... notes and it oh, was, you were just watching the notes an hour and a half until we started and you were barely adding your notes at the very beginning and i was like i have a feeling he's barely watching this right now well, I am the same way. I barely finished it about a half hour before we started. So cutting it close, cutting it close. So let's just talk about the characters. We talked about a lot of the voice actors, but very first we have Flint, who is voiced by Bill Hader, and he's hilarious, and he's awesome, and he's so he's adorable. He's your classic nerd who doesn't care what people think. Watch out for these guys one day because they will either be your boss or really lit rich billionaires. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's got a real uh, Lewis Robinson vibe at the beginning, you know? This is my newest invention. Oh, it fails horribly. No, I'm a failure. You know? Yeah. Except he's got parents this time. How did you like the, the transition between, you know, mom to no mom? I totally didn't catch it. I must have been... <laughs> I must have been typing notes while they did that. <gasps> how I did just, you feel? I didn't... Yeah, you how know, did you I've, feel? At first, I was, I don't think I noticed the first time that she was there or not. Um, but then this time I was like, okay, mom's here. Then all of a sudden later on, you see a point where um, it's just him and his dad talking. And then on the, on the wall, you see three pictures and one is, or two pictures, at least one is when all three of them together. And then one is a couple years later when it's just him and dad. And I was like, okay, is that how they're just going to do it? Just in the background like that. But then later on, he's like, Oh, but when mom was here, Oh, yeah. oh. I'm well, not, not sure. everyone can be like up. I know. Well, <laughs> uh, it well, won't ask uh, are they just going to assume that the audience realizes that the mom is gone, which some people didn't catch their first time around. So maybe that is probably why they added that line in because it is a, an amazing moment and visually a great way to tell it. But I imagine maybe in test screenings, people didn't catch on and suddenly said, what happened to the mom? So they probably had to add that second yeah. reinforcement. I thought so too. Cause I, after I realized I was like, yeah, that's probably what happened. Cause it's an overdub you know, voiceover, so it's not, like, actually him talking. So, obviously, it was kind of, in my head, that means after fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I like Flint. Yeah, I like him. He's very cartoony. All the characters in this film are very cartoony. They're, like, little CG Muppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like the animation style in this film a lot. I mean, it, this really is a unique look that Sony has where things are just over-exaggerated and very cartoony. Uh, I can definitely tell that this is done by the same studio that does uh, Hotel Transylvania. They have a very similar style, and I'm gl so glad they have been able to find this style that works for them. Not saying that they need to keep with it for future films. They're allowed to do whatever style they want, but for this generation of Sony films, uh, I like it a lot. Nothing else really like DreamWorks hasn't I mean, I'm trying to think of a DreamWorks film that really has a style like this, and they haven't, and then Disney... That has a style like this? Penguins of Madagascar, maybe. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, Madagascar has a very... is very similar. <laughs> one, yeah. of our, one of our um, comments, Frank Foster in the live chat, he says, even in Sony Animation, at least one of the parents has to be dead. <laughs> oh, one of the greatest animation tropes there is, the dead parent. It's so true. Parents. 
<laughs> well, actually, I have something to add to this. So if you go this week, I posted a video on my review of the book. Um, it's the art book of Cinderella, and Charles Solomon is the art is not the artist. He's the author of the book, and it was it was really cool. He actually talks about this, and he said that a lot of people give that trope a bad like you know talk bad about that trope, but then um, literally, uh, literarily. Um, it's one of those things that you're able to kind of show that the character is able to make himself or they're making them they're they're making their lives themselves as opposed to coming from a world of stability, a world of I mean it sounds lame to think that oh because I have parents I am therefore less of a person like it's just what It's true by Disney standards it's true. <laughs> by Disney standards. <laughs> by animation standards it's true. Yeah, but yeah. I I appreciated that insight of you're able to look at it in a way of okay he's making himself he's yeah I think it's because in animation um like there always has to be a a mended relationship to have a relationship to mend between the protagonist and their father or mother or parent figure and since there's usually the conflict between them and then there's usually the mom and dad um, duo where either the dad is supportive and the mom is not or the mom is supportive and the dad is not you know then one of them has to be out of the way so that they're just their chest is that conflict or in anime films both parents do not approve of uh of the protagonist and then they're allowed to stay in the movie <laughs> as long as you disapprove of whatever the it's really interesting and we could almost do a whole podcast episode just on like the family unit in animation we should we need to, it's been a long time since we've been on our nerdy couch i mean we need to dust that oh, thing man getting cobwebs do we want to dust it off right now and jump on my couch is my couch is lonely back there a little oh, no bit more preparation so we can do okay. a little bit more research but Maybe in our next episode. I mean, what's our next episode? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too? No, the Peanuts yes. movie. But that oh. are somewhat non-existent. So yeah, it might be a good fit. So I already you. saw the whole thing at the Don Bluth Front Row Theater a couple of months ago. So oh gosh, <laughs> you're Best a good ever. Charlie Brown. Do, 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 a, a Snoopy do. with lines. Let the <laughs> ruminate on that. Snoopy talks. You know, we will talk about that in next episode. But for All this right, episode, right. back to the family unit. All right. Uh, family unit. Actually, let's talk about Sam. She's adorable. Actually, she is a runner-up, or at least a contender, for most adorable female uh, in animation for me. Oh, She's just extremely genuine and, and nice, and, and she's got, like, a really fun personality. Oh, she's the intern. She is the intern. I... I have never, I have never seen this happen where the the love interest, her main conflict, usually the main conflict is I want to do what I want to do and no one listens to me, you know, and that's fine, and that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. But her whole conflict with like I'm afraid to look smart because nobody understands me that way, that was really interesting. She's like, what did she say? She, I, I too. <laughs> was... I, I was once a nerd too. Two? He's like, two? <laughs> like two? <laughs> no, she's great. Um, yeah, it does love... go along with something that 
I guess I could, you can see in society where girls don't necessarily feel that they are rewarded for their brains. They're, you know, she was picked on for being a nerd. And so you see a lot of times girls, even though they're very smart, they're very intelligent and capable, they sort of just dumb themselves down. And if they're pretty, they'll just use that. And because that will get them what they want rather than having to work for it. Yeah, I mean, it, they'll just dumb it down because it, it works and people accept them that way. And I, I really think that was an interesting theme to explore in this film because we haven't seen that a lot. And that definitely is something a bit more modern day. Uh, I don't think 50 years ago. I mean, yeah, 50 years ago. I mean, yeah, of course, girls dumb themselves down even back then. But maybe people didn't care as much back then as they do now because now girl power. Girl power. <laughs> Code girls, y'all. Watch it. How about a girl who's got a brain who <laughs> always speaks her mind? Nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I like Sam. And I think this movie wins the award for least annoying monkey character in a film, <laughs> period. Just, like, think how outside of the box this is. A monkey that doesn't cause all the problems in the film. Like, this is the monkey. Abu. Oh, yeah, Abu. He's Grabbing he's the Abu. Okay, Abu, Abu versus Steve. That is a hard race for best monkey in animation. We should do um, a wizard's duel with various monkeys. A wizard's duel? Turk with lose. <laughs> Sorry, Turk. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Technically, gorillas aren't monkeys. Well, that's true. All but right. This, but Steve is amazing. Like he does. He doesn't really fix everything. He helps a little. He doesn't really I, ruin everything either. He, he's just kind of there as like comic relief. Um, I was very impressed that that was the use of Neil Patrick Harris's talents <laughs> in the use of Steve. <laughs> like, really? Oh, yeah. <sighs> really? Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, pretty good. Gummy bears. Gummy bears! <laughs> that is totally me. I'm like, yeah. for breakfast, gummies? Yes. So... Love gummies. I think we should talk about the dad last on the list of characters because I feel like he's the most complex. Okay. All, all four say yay. Yay. All those opposed by the same sign. The vote has been noted. Uh, let's see. Baby Brent is amazing. <laughs> Baby Brent! <laughs> he does that. <laughs> I love every time he does it, his eyes <laughs> that same pose because it's, it's all he's used to. <laughs> What what a brilliant use of Andy Samberg's talent. <laughs> like, it's like you take the Andy Samberg machine and you just punch it into overdrive and leave it there and duct tape it to that the place that you put it. That's what you get with Baby Brent. <laughs> One thing that I love about this movie and talking about Baby Brent you know, definitely highlights that is the very unique, hilarious mythology or anthology that this world creates. That if there's this little city that is on an island and they happen to have sardines as their main source of income, and then that dies. And But before that, they had a mascot and that was Baby Brent. But now Baby Brent is grown up and this is still his own, only his claim to fame. And it just keeps going on and on and it's even more ridiculous but it's so perfect oh it's great it's can, great I, it's like it's it, it's he he totally wins as one of the most like entertaining pathetic characters 
He reminds me of the copper tone girl, which I'm positive was, you know, obviously an influence, but with the <laughs> hand pulled down and ooh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, I love his I love his little moment of redemption at the end. It's like so fitting. Like, hey, we have a character that's voiced by Andy Samberg. How do we redeem him? Mm, I know. I know. <laughs> And then we then we move on to I am Chicken Brent. <laughs> chicken Brent. Oh my gosh, I've um, seen him like running around on like the legs and stilts. Um, it's just um, amazing. Yeah, that's it's it's good animation when you can make that transition. Be like, hmm, how does a character walk when they're walking on chicken bones? <laughs> like not walking on chicken bones, like crunch, crunch, crunch. Like what if their legs? <laughs> chicken bones just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Mayor Shelbourne, Bruce Campbell. That's really weird. He's re- he gets really creepy at the end. Yeah. Well, his the whole beginning of his speech was like, someday they'll walk in and they'll say, that's a big mare. And then later on, that's a big mare. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's what you call ironic. He's very egotistical. He's all about him. How can he be the best mayor ever? He gets very despicable towards the end, always looking mm. for how to benefit. I just love how he's like, oh, this will be the number one cruise ship destination. Oh, hi, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy was barking at things, and I could not have that during recording, so Jimmy is now trapped in this room with me, sitting on oh. the app. Unfortunately, I didn't trap Jane in the room. Unless she's... Nope, she's not down there. So, yeah. Um... So yeah, no surprise villain, I guess. As soon as the mayor shows up on screen, they start playing the doom and gloom music. <laughs> well, this was before the surprise villain. The very... surprise villain came around, so that trend of surprise villain villains everywhere. Um, this was very much in the forefront. This is the guy. Watch <laughs> out! If he was a surprise villain, he'd be like, "Oh, Flint! If only there was someone who'd eat your giant pancakes." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, go back to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, um, the cop, um, Earl. I pity the fool. Earl, that's right, Mr. T. When else has Mr. T been in an animated film besides Robot Chicken? I don't, I don't know. Not brilliant animation. Yeah. Brilliant animation. Like I feel like his inspiration was like, hey, what if there was like a sassy black Popeye, you know? And then you just kind of animate him to be like super dynamic and like macho i love it i love his um his cartoon physics are different than everyone else he like leads with his neck and his head and stuff he's like well i love it when he wants to he he um asks flint to make it um you know rain something special for his birthday for his son's birthday he's like well i'm pretty backed up on requests plus you're always mean to me (laughs) (laughs) And then there's Manny, who is the cameraman. Aw. He came like, here from Gua- from Guatemala for a better life. Too much junk food. <laughs> so I asked our chat, I said, what are your favorite characters? Or who are your favorite characters? We have Earl. Oh, we got a few uh, Earls. Sam and Earl for me. And I'm not sure who my favorite character is. Come oh, on, Mark, decide. <laughs> You know, and in the in the sequel, they realized that this cast of characters and, and unique personalities that they created were quite good. And so they bring them all back and they go on a journey together. And um, having not seen the se- well, note, I saw the sequel without having seen the original film. Uh-oh. I'll talk about that later when we review that film. But 
it was fine. I was able to jump right in. I didn't. How think- did you make the connection where there's giant food all over the place? They actually go back and they kind of do a flashback. That, ah, so there flashback. really is no reason to see the original film to understand what's going on because they catch you up quite well. However, you do lose a lot of the intricacies about the character. I mean, you have no idea how Sam and Flint meet, but we will talk about that another day. Anyways, um, oh, hold all, up. All Mark just said his here, and Earl is a great character in the second film. Yeah, hold everything. Mark just said that Earl is his favorite character on chat, so that settles that. Well, it looks like Earl's everyone's favorite character, and he you can tell that he was a fan favorite because he's really played up in the second movie. Oh, yeah. I, I love the previews where he's like, it's enough to make a grown man cry, but not this man. Get back in there, tear. <laughs> anyway. Oh, the dad. The dad. So Tim Lockwood, I feel like a lot of people misunderstood him. Yeah, tell us more. I mean, a lot of people. So what's his deal? Fans of the show or people in the film? Okay, so do you feel like his attitude towards his son was justified? Was he right or wrong in thinking that? I think he's definitely a realist, and he, you know, he has this business, the bait shop, and it's working, and he needs to provide for his family, especially now that his wife is gone. And I think his attitude kind of reflected that he was doing the best he could because he wanted the best i do not think that he's a risk taker in any means he's very much very conservative in how he lives so i think maybe a little he was justified because he ultimately wanted the big the best probability of success for his family and he didn't see science as providing that or having a very low chance of success right yeah i what did he say you don't cast your net where there's no fish like i feel like we got to have another one of those philosophical discussions about like uh being persistent with your wildest dreams versus taking a low risk route to success to provide for yourself and your family you know what was that episode when when chelsea just did this golden lecture for like i felt like it was for a long time on like well you have to work hard but you have to be realistic but you have to follow your dreams but your dreams can't be ridiculous you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's like, like i'm trying to coax you into another one of those chelsea no not gonna happen not, not falling for it <laughs> i i understand where the dad is coming from you know yeah but so do you think you has to find uh i don't know you'll be a dad i feel like i will yeah i feel like it was just one of those things where it's like he didn't understand his son and so he he was consigned to doing what he was best at which is what he's been doing for several years you know for many many years the bait shop that's what I felt too. I, I honestly felt like the only real difference between him, he and Flint was the fact that he, they were just, he didn't understand his way of, of being like he, he had a very different mindset and a very different, this is normal. This is the way I work and didn't know how to be like Flint. Flint was so dynamic and so just everywhere. And, and I am washing and rinsing and drying. You know, it's just, it's all of these things. Like everything is so over the top everything and for somebody who's a lot more maybe an introvert like a lot of introverts don't really know how to understand the extroverts and extroverts definitely don't understand a lot of introvert introverts nope, and we don't. so 
Freaking <laughs> INTJ is driving me nuts. <laughs> I'm an INTJ. <laughs> I know that's why I said it. <laughs> You're not supposed to react like that. You're supposed to be like, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to secretly plot to kill you. <laughs> You know, they do say that when you compare all the Star Wars characters, the INTJ is the Sith Lord, so... I'm oh, I... You're also Draco Malfoy on the Myers-Briggs Harry Potter scale, and um, yeah. Shanna, is a, Shanna is an INTJ, and I am whatever Ron Weasley or Fred and George are, so... It's like my life is like a fanfic where, where, where Ron Weasley marries Draco Malfoy. <laughs> It's, it's 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 I'm I'm kidding. Of I course. need to take this test. Well, I I have taken it before, but I don't remember what I am. So we got to do that now and then. Elsie's an E. Anyway, well, I've I've introvert the introversion extroversion can switch. Like it's it's more fluid than you'd think. Yeah, anyway. that's true. But I mean, like yeah, I said we? before, I, people, <laughs> Tim and Flint didn't really understand each other, and so being that. You can, like, there's also a book called The Five Love, Five Love Languages, where sometimes, like, hey, I really like it when somebody, you know, if, if for example, I really like it when somebody spends time with me. Um, oh. But my mom is like, hey, I really like it when somebody does something for me. Like, so, yeah, you might. <laughs> so clean your room. <laughs> so clean your room, yeah. <laughs> that makes her so happy. And taking out the trash is like you just gave her everything and so like sometimes i'm like that that really doesn't translate with me so there's a lot of those things that happen too hmm. yeah i um i think with the dad it's like what do you really think about it the dad is the outcast in the movie because he he's not animated the same way the other ones are. His model doesn't look like the other characters, and he's not as vibrant and energetic and like, wow, yeah, progress, we got to go and do this new thing. The new town is going to be new. And so I think a big part of that, um, he is the way he is so that Flint can learn to slow down and keep and keep people close rather than seeking everyone's approval. Maybe. Although he was pretty angry that he seemingly didn't get his father's approval with the whole food machine thing. Mm -hmm. So maybe approval isn't it about isn't about the cool things you invent that everyone likes you for. It's about mm, dang. I'm, You're almost there. I'm feeling pretty dense <laughs> We're here. We're both like waiting. What is Come it on. about? Secret Time of travel. life. Come on. <laughs> what did you find? Hmm. Time travel residue next to DNA from Wilbur Robinson. That plus my stick. <laughs> I don't know. It's about it's about finding you know finding people who love you who you for who you are and want to spend time with you. That's that's it. That's what approval is all about. There you go. And, and gummy bears. <laughs> all right. So yeah, I, I I feel like I feel like we've beaten the the dead Tim Lockwood horse. Um. <laughs> Can I just say something about this film? Like yes. I've been doing for the past, yeah. Um, Actually, now I'm going to stop you right Cloudy now. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a rendering wonderland. Beautiful. I once tried uh, in class to make a particle emitter in Maya that spewed steam out of a steampunk cooking machine, and it looked terrible. But in this film, you have, like, f clouds in the shape of food. 
you have fluids, you have like water effects, you have a nacho cheese hot springs, um, you have particles flying around everywhere, the glass breaking, you've got um, physics simulations like the glass breaking and, and wind, you've got unique substances like the jello, the freaking jello, like who has achieved so many like accurate depictions of cartoon food in a CG film than Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Besides Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. The Jello, like, Hello. It, I feel like I could reach out and touch them, and that would feel like a, a hot vat of nacho cheese. And I'd be like, oh, ow, ow, freaking government cheese. And then, um, and then Jello, like, they got it perfectly. Like, she does a cannonball into the into the Jello pool, and she just stays there. And the bubbles are staying in there, not floating anywhere. Like, it's it's believable food, and and food that looks like food is ex- it's not extremely hard, but it's very challenging to get the surfacing and the rendering right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's considered a good thing on your demo reel if you can show that, like, I hey, this is a slice of lime that I rendered in CG. Like, look how the light goes through it and the subsurface scattering and the trans transparency like it's stuff that technical animation nerds like myself really love although i don't i don't really go into surfacing and rendering but i appreciate it studying animation makes me appreciate details like that also this film was brought to you by sardines which with the whole world decided were super gross <laughs> no the moment they like started saying yes Sardines is our main transport. It's like, oh, nasty. <laughs> and there are towns like this. That's why I think it... it kind of was... like um, kind of like Surf's Up. It's where they sort the fish. <laughs> Shiver pool. Mm-hmm. But there's some companies or some cities where the whole economic livelihood is based on this one thing, you know, whether it's a paper factory or this or that you know and then when it moves somewhere else or the, aggie football the whole town is devastated and that's exactly what happened so i think this was something that was very relatable but it was just hilarious that it was just the most absurd thing first off thing you know a product that most people we know exists do people really eat it that much i mean other than- sardines yeah i mean i think the last time i had a really large load of sardines was when we did our cruise no, wow. I don't even think we had any sardines because they had some dishes that had sardines on them. One oh, time, Dad came I'm home and he's like, "Son, sardines." Like, no, no, no. One time we were doing this thing at home where we were trying to eat out of our food storage, and all we and we were really bad at storing food for disasters, and all we had was like sardines and crackers. So Dad was like, "All right, <laughs> this is a sardine." And I was like, "It's a fish with bones." Like, no, no, you just chop it up, you put it on a cracker. Looks good. Have fun. <laughs> and then we ended up not eating it and just feeding it to the cats. <laughs> they would survive in a disaster, not us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sardines, well, going, folks. Sardines. Going back to the world that they created, the rendering and everything, it's just I I first really fell in love with this when I was going through and doing a review of the art of um Cloudy with the Champions of Meatballs too, and I just fell in love with the colors. First off, man, mm-hmm. so many br- vibrant colors that that was just like beautiful everywhere you looked. And then just the world, as we were talking about before, just how each character is shaped and modeled, and just they're so cartoony, and just the whole thing worked. And it was so outrageous that I believe that it helped even the plot 
to be even more outrageous and you to totally accept it and be like, yep, this is the world we're in. So I really appreciated everything they did in that realm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very good technical achievement. And then the colors you can, you know, when they're talking about sardines and how boring sardines are, all the colors in the town are very dull and muted and low on saturation. Mm-hmm. It's not until the food comes where things start to liven up. The mana from heaven. Yeah. Mana from heaven. I like that we're introduced to Flint at the very beginning, and we just see him as a little youngster, a little youngling, um, and how he's super into science. That's his thing, and he's kind of, spray on shoes! And I love how they set this up because everyone makes fun of him for that, and it really, you know, I think it's cool, but they establish very quickly that this is something that is not cool. The kids do not like him for and then we see him grow up, and he's still using the spray-on shoes. And then later, when he meets Sam, she goes goo goo gaga over those shoes. And this could save, this could solve the untied shoe epidemic. It's <laughs> 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 a, a perfect way that they tie it in together. And then they tie it in again at the end, where the shoes really do, you know, save the day. Oh, his inventions do work. Yay! Well, just the fact that they are the shoes are indestructible. It's like. I'm sure we can come up with better um, ideas to use whatever that substance is. Yeah, why didn't he become shoes? a superhero? He's like, ooh, I can make body armor off of this. Yeah, oh, cause right? Because it, it, yeah. it never comes off. That's why you would never spray your whole body with it. Right. Well, but I mean, he still could make some type of carbon fiber or whatever out of it and be pretty successful. Pretty successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about all the f- food puns. Ah, food puns. Food puns, people. This tastes significantly better than sardines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, what's one? All right, here's the my... newscaster guy that was talking to the intern the whole time was a real jerk. Anytime that she is giving the weather report, uh, you know, it's your classic newscaster thing to make these really cheesy one-liners and... Oh, gosh. I can't even remember some of the ones that she says, but... um... You may have seen a meteor shower, but I bet you've never seen a shower meteor than this. (gasps) (laughs) It really seems that things are sardine to come around here. (laughs) Terrible. I did like, though, you might not have seen this, but every time that she came on, the very first time that she came on, she was um, on her you know, title down at the bottom, it said like um, student correspondent or something like super low on the totem pole. And then later after her, um, after the, you know, her first, with her first um, time that she talked about the food coming down, um, they were, it it changed to senior correspondent. (laughs) Food weather correspondent out of there. It's like, she's climbing on up. (laughs) Yep. Uh, yeah, when you know she messes up her first day and she smooshes her face on the camera, and then the, then the next they bring him back on the air and they're like, our intern who totally embarrassed herself on her first day at the job has something else to say. I just love every line in this movie. It's, it's so very witty, very well re- written. Not that scrunchy. I haven't seen one of those since 1995. Oh brother, <laughs> hey, scrunchies are pretty versatile. I'm not quite there with the man top bun yet, but when I do get there. Are you actually going for the man bun? Oh, no. No, no. (laughs) Bill Lord and Chris Miller, they were not only the directors, but they were also the writers. And, you know, Ah. 
seen the Lego movie, you know how funny and, and quirky that film is. I just really think this is their forte is these quirky, fun, mm-hmm. hilarious films. Yeah, what a duo. Like, I would love to, like, learn more about their, like, process or their, like, creative process. Is, is, is this, like, a Swan Princess reference that I don't <laughs> no, know about? That's um, um, American Tale. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hey, I saw that. Oh. Yikes. All right, so um, things start to change when cheese falls out of the sky. Oh, the cheese. There's this scene where everyone is, where everybody is like, you know. Um, <laughs> and his mouth is like <laughs> that was a little annoying I'll admit but everybody else was pretty funny mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then uh, Hamburger the Hamburger Rain that everyone came to see this movie for <laughs> um, shows up and um, I don't know food from the sky seems unsanitary no there was a quote and it's like it's perfectly sanitary <laughs> oh that's right it's like mm, asphalt you know it, it hits the fl- hits the ground i'm not a germaphobe but i'm not gonna eat some- oh yeah that's why you kind of got shit with a net because at first the food is is regular size mm-hmm. and manageable but then giant hot dogs this is the molecular giant structure steaks. of today's hot dogs <laughs> I, so there's all sorts of foods that come up. There's the hamburgers, then ice cream. Strawberry's my favorite. Strawberry's my favorite. Oh, poor strawberry kid. <laughs> in the book, Steve's getting into it, and he's throwing chocolate around. Ooh. <laughs> in the book, uh, there was snow, but the snow was mashed potatoes. Oh, brother. Uh, I imagine mashed potatoes wasn't necessarily as appetizing and awesome of a food. For... Can you imagine a story pitch meeting like, and then it starts raining mashed potatoes. And the kids go wild. The director's like, yeah, we need to change that to something more exciting. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing more exciting than mashed potatoes. <laughs> Actually, there's one thing more exciting than mashed potatoes. Instant mashed potatoes. Yes. Uh, uh, uh. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yeah, so ice cream is definitely better. I love, I love how... Um, in the ice cream section, um, Earl and his son, I love you, son. I know, Dad. You tell me every day. Oh, that's so sweet. Mr. T loves his kid. I pity the poo who don't. That was like the whitest way to say that, but yeah. <laughs> Um, I, oh, I love it when Flint's like trying to figure out snowball fighting. He's like, is there like a point system or is it to the death? <laughs> and then he goes, he goes on an overly zealous snowball rampage. You know what? That was a really good random tangent in a film that I, that I really enjoyed just how over the top he was, like how far he went, how he went way too far with a snowball fight. He just decks this one kid and the kid's like, <laughs> it's really funny and then it's, it's just great animation where he like he like throws it and then he looks and sees his next victim and then he like runs to them and nails them like it's it's really good pacing timing animation like is all about timing it's probably the most important of the print 12 principles besides wow, squat and stretch well, character appeal, yeah, that one's important. Okay, they're all equally important, except maybe straight-ahead animation. Depends on what episode we're on and what Mason says is the most right. important. It depends on my mood at the time. Today I decree that. <laughs> I think that's our new joke on the podcast. The most important principle of the 12 principles of animation today For is... this episode. <laughs> relating to this discussion. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it works. Yeah. 
and so timing definitely important yeah and then um what they're doing this whole happy fun time uh broadcast you know and i i love their uh, fake animation Times square it's got like billboards for older older woman jeans (laughs) bubbly sugar water and cat's deli for for the broadway play cats and i've actually eaten at the cat's deli in austin i actually saw mr cats himself so so I'm kind of a huge deal. Name dropping. Right. <laughs> never never name drop without context or without a point to it. I, I've learned that at many a career fair. <laughs> yeah, so I've uh, I talked to Don Bluth. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And who are like, you? Yeah. And who are you? <laughs> no, I literally did that to someone at Real Effects. I was like, yeah, um... You know, I'm more of a technical animator. I've, um, you know, I've done this. I worked on this project here, and I have a podcast. And I've talked to Jorge Gutierrez, and he likes us. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and they're like, "Sure, kid. <laughs> you want me to put your resume on the top of the pile? <laughs> oh, yeah. How'd that work out for you? It worked out real well. I got a eighty-five thousand dollar year salary at Real Effects. Thank you very much." <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, if you're a technical director. But yeah. Oh, so name these are all happy and awesome, and it's mana from heaven, which, would that be such a bad thing? Like literal, like the biblical mana from heaven or food well, falling from the sky? Not the biblical manna from heaven. That is awesome, but the Israelites got very, very bored of that very quickly because it was the same thing every day. <gasps> kind of like the mayor. Yeah, but this manna, quote unquote, from heaven changes every day. You got steak, got ice cream. So what if this actually happened? Um, I know what would happen. Um, the government would try to own it like they own all the GMO foods around here. And um, and we would have like food taxes that we couldn't control. So anyway, there's my, there's my cynical rant for the day. <laughs> Mason goes political. Yay. <laughs> Don't I always? Um, well, actually, the part that I, the only thing that I really um, saw in this was there was that one uh, Simpsons episode where it was a it was a Treehouse of Horror episode where uh, Homer <laughs> ends up going to different different worlds, basically along two different worlds. Well, it's like different. He's like, what's going on in this one? And every every one, it's like a different, um, the same family, but everything's just a little bit different. Like one, he goes in and at the very end he's like this is the perfect house they're rich they live in the palace and marge is you know everybody's got jewelry on and then the, he asks marge would you pass me the donuts and she's like donuts i don't know what donuts are what donut what's a donut <laughs> donuts yeah. oh me what's a donut i can't do her voice exactly. it's so hard Exactly. And then he was like, no, this is the worst of them all. <laughs> and then he leaves. And then right away, it starts raining donuts. And Marge is like, oh, it's raining again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's great. That's a great so, episode. I love it. That's what went through my mind as I was watching this. <laughs> yep. So I love it when he asks around on a date and he does like training to know how to talk to a girl. One of the one of the panels on his computer behind him said uh, was when you talk, say everything as if it were a question. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. I like to. I'm on the cycling team, but anyway, um, I 
no offense if you're on a cycling team. I like the Jello. It was like Flint's a whole new world moment for Sam. You know, <laughs> let me open your eyes, slimy shimmering Jello. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Jello is great. I can't. I can't say enough great things about the Jello. That's all you want to talk about today. Well, Jello. it is. Do, you, do y'all remember Chris Horn, the guy that we interviewed from uh, Lightspeed? Of course. Uh, he, way back in the Protoscopers day. He was so nice and took me on a tour of Pixar. So yeah, forever love Chris Horn. Yeah, Chris Horn's great. Um, he, I think he said on Twitter that this was one of his favorite animated films ever. You know, he's a rendering lighting kind of guy. And for a film from 2009, like, I don't know of many animated films that have, like, reached reached the, like, awesomeness and, like, novelty that they achieved in this film. But the Jell-O's great. Oh, the Jell-O. <laughs> the nacho cheese springs, hot springs are disgusting, but the Jell-O is perfect. <laughs> well, I liked how they developed their relationship. You know, obviously, at first, it's like, <gasps> she's cute and she's a nerd. Obviously, Flint is going to be, like over the top for this girl and she's just like were you trying to kiss me uh, no i mean <laughs> as soon as he tried to i was like mm, that nose is going to be a problem <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i just i liked the the gradual change as it went on it's like it's okay that you're a nerd you're actually more beautiful with your hair back and a ponytail and a scrunchie and big old glasses <laughs> I like yeah. her better with her hair down. Yeah, yeah she does. What? <laughs> Why did she have to have her hair in a ponytail to be a nerd? That makes no sense. <laughs> I, I would like to think that all three of us are nerds. We all are nerds. Three of us are pretty. So yeah. that's all right. I am not afraid to wear my big nerdy glasses with pride. Oh, look at these. All right, go. That's because in 2009. <laughs> That's because in 2009, nobody, people hadn't discovered that big glasses are sexy. Um, they hadn't dis- rediscovered that yet, and so... It's true. I think Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were just now bringing it back. Oh, brother. How about them? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so this amazing manna from heaven actually turns... goes the wrong way, and it's not so awesome anymore. It turns from manna from the other place. <laughs> anti-heaven yeah (laughs) oh also what talk about the blowing it when he's just about to kiss her for real he's like oh sorry the mayor's calling i have to talk to the mayor it's like who cares about the mayor you have a you have voicemail for that he's (laughs) whipped by the mayor so what happens swipe him off right swipe her but yeah (laughs) so what if you were to explain what happened to the food that caused it to go all wonky. What happened to the food? It mutated, mate. Yeah, the molecular structure got all crazy. It got bigger. I don't know. It got, know. It got I bigger, mean, then it got savage. I know it's not believable food coming from the sky just because you can magically transform water into food, but then when it was, they it started moving and having attitudes and personalities and, and being able to move and think and act, I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. Not believable. I know. I know. It's a cartoon, mate. (laughs) I think that's why it was so believable from the beginning because they're throwing the most outrageous things at you. Like, well, okay. okay. In Morgan's defense, he does seem to have a very intricate scientific explanation for why they're mutating, but it's like such pseudoscience that it's like, 
okay. Like we were fine with the food just mutating. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Like that. There's always a ghost in the system. We I don't know. know. We should know. Plenty of ghosts on this podcast. Phantom. <laughs> 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 Next episode, podcast ghost hunters will be guest hosting with us, trying to detect the spirits in the wiring. <laughs> anyway, so a very so, long yeah. scene. I think it for a, it has a lot of action in this last thirty minutes of, oh no, we're being attacked. Oh no, we gotta go here. Oh no, we gotta go over here. But not before the mayor tries to turn the whole town into this gaudy monstrosity. For the last time, I'll say the nacho cheese springs are disgusting. And they had to go after our American portion sizes. Mm-hmm. Come on. Nope. I'm, I'm happy to come from a land where a small soft drink is about yay big. <laughs> anyway, I like the mayor's, um, the mayor's um, rationale. He's like, or you can turn the machine off, ruin everything, and no one will ever like you. <laughs> Your logic is undeniable, sir. Mm-hmm appealing to the thing that we care about most people liking us and then another amazing line another amazing line dad i just need you to get on my computer and email a file to my cell phone (laughs) we've all been there giant food tsunami yeah so you know there's all these moments we see we already kind of talked about chicken brent which is hilarious you did it chicken brent you really did it um and you know, it actually is kind of a, a stressful moment with the dad no, not knowing how to use technology. He's very literal, like move it across the monitor or move it across the desktop. And he's moving the mouse and you stress for him to like, it doesn't do anything. Never in your whole, you've never even seen anyone use a mouse. Like never <laughs> once that they use it on the you table. A, no? You need a computer to run a bait shop. You yeah. just need your chum grinder. Yep. That poor chum grinder. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I like that he kind of just gives up and he doesn't want to do it, but he's like, dad, you got to. And so he does it for his dad and then he kind of gets stuck under a pile of stuff and he leaves him his last voicemail. Just the little pet that he needs to jump up and save the day. So then he sends the wrong file. Press the Saturday. I love the viral cat video. I can't believe I've been watching this for three hours. <laughs> it's so true. That's an excellent pop culture reference. It really is. That was that's a great pop cultural reference reference before smartphones arrived, and then you just got cloudy with the chan- um, how to uh, how to train your Transylvania. No, um, Hotel Transylvania two. <laughs> yeah. So much smartphone humor. Yeah. So. They go up, and there's this giant food death ball, um, a sphere of fear, if you will. And I bet it smells horrible. Like, all the food that's being made that's been accumulating in the atmosphere is just acclimatin to the presence of the mefruvigudapurring. Um, and I bet it smells horrible. <laughs> I bet it smells horrible. Like, like yeah, all that's what you get together. when the, like... It's like when the nasty kid at your elementary school mixed all the stuff that shouldn't be mixed together in his lunch tray at the cafeteria. That's what it smells like times a hundred. Yeah. You know, that actually didn't go through my mind until just this moment. Thank you. It went through my mind. (laughs) You're welcome. It probably was that kid mixing all those. No way. (laughs) I am, I am inventive and I am creative, but I would, I would never. Oh my gosh. Like, if I eat, if I'm eating breakfast and I have happen to have a pancake with syrup and bacon, you never let the bacon touch the syrup. You never let scrambled eggs touch the syrup. Syrup, sweet and salty, so delicious. I believe in food segregation. 
Oh, see, I've, if you don't know this about me, uh, you don't know this about me, listeners, but I'm a huge fan of the show Survivor. It is basically... Oh, really? I've never heard... Animation, That's maybe. So weird. But, I would never peg you for a Survivor fan. No, no, never. But people, ever since I started watching the show, like, they always do these gross food challenges. And so people always, like, dare me. Like, here, let's mix all this junk up and you you eat it. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, Survivor practice. It's on. <laughs> I specifically remember Damn. we were at a Thanksgiving one time. You know, they're feeding them TGI Fridays on the side there off camera. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, we were eating Thanksgiving dinner, and we they literally had a goblet of water and mixed turkey, salt, gravy, cranberry sauce, uh, pie, and mixed it all together and said, drink this. And I did. And it was disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. Hey, you want to be on a show that makes you eat stuff like that? Only once. They only For have one. million dollars, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a million bucks? Yeah. I think. <laughs> so back... To this little town. Yeah, so back to the movie that we watched. Let's see. Where are we? How about those parrot rats? Those are disgusting. (laughs) Those things are great. Those were my favorite. (laughs) Just carry a kid off. Pretend you're dead. Hey, dude. Just play play dead. dead. (laughs) I like it when, um, when they're going down that hole. And um, Sam is like, we, we can start, we can go back. We can start over. Live underground. Use bacon for clothes. <laughs> so random i like it when the love interest is just as goofy and quirky as the the outcast protagonist you know so this film makes it very obvious from the very beginning that they're perfect for each other yeah i think there maybe should have been a moment where they were kind of torn apart because it's it never happens they're always together even when she's really mad at him she goes with him yeah anyways a girl can dream can't we uh (laughs) Now they're like Rapunzel and Flynn Rider. Like they have their differences, but they're pretty much made for each other and inseparable. Yep, 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 yep. Oh man, that's another nerdy counts discussion. Per- About how awesome Flynn Rider is. That are truly perfect for each other. Not Disney couples, animated couples that are truly oh. perfect. And Roger and Anita. Yeah. Nothing's gonna tear them apart. It's true. Yep. Even the dogs bring up together. Oh, and then there's the part where she's all allergic and she's like, I like you, okay? <laughs> like, You're as a friend? Shock. Um, actually, I'm I'm not allergic to peanuts. You, you thought that having an allergy would make you more attractive? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> oh, nerds. He did have to consult the internet for how to talk to girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the pacing on their on their love interest, you know. You would think after the Jello they would fall in love, which they kind of did. So yeah, it's actually kind of good that he did take the call from the mayor. Mm-hmm. So you know he saves the day, and giant meatball explosion. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of pick up right where they left off with their really disgusting kiss that grosses me out. Like, mm, why? They gotta because they gotta hold their breath before they go it's in. Like, it's like kissing is like a. So you like suck air in. So how do you do that while, well, because <laughs> they it don't understand. A they don't understand the art of kissing or what it is. They just think I'm not going to be able to breathe for a second. So hold it. Nerds. It's got nothing on Aladdin. Aladdin is like the ultimate animated kiss. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah we should rank. 
Best. We all Valentine's Day. We should do uh, best animated kisses and then have Cloudy with a chance of meatballs as like the anti one. Yes. <laughs> okay, done. We're first on the rotoscopers. It's happening. <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyways, okay. So wrapping things up. Basically, we wrap things up right after that. It's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did it's like fine. how they just kind of ended it though. Like, all right, we're good. Does the sequel go into how the food probably went really bad after a while? Literally picks up right where this ends off. (laughs) Like the minute of? Yeah, more or less, yeah. Well, that's cool. I love sequels that do that. A little recap in case you didn't see the first one like me. (laughs) Previously on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. (laughs) It was a really cute movie. I don't know if I ever talked about, like, my initial reaction, but I, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was... It was funny, modern SNL-style humor with SNL stars, and it didn't go to places that I thought it might, and it was pretty pretty good entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. Not to mention the Jello. <laughs> it definitely excluding, deserves the praise. Yes, excluding the, the nacho cheese fountain. You're all oh, nacho there. cheese hot springs? My gosh. All right, so our listener question, we asked on Twitter and Facebook, what is your favorite quote from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? So I might let Mason read these since he's so good at these quote things. Well, what do we got? On Twitter, Eric says, I love food puns in the sequel. There's a leak in the boat. Oh. Duchess Swan says, the Flint Lakwa Dietok Wait, the Flint Lockwood Diatonic Super Mutating Dynamic Food Replicator, or Flint for short. Oh, she's so cute. She's like the forever. <laughs> Hello, Sam Smart, Sam Sparks. I'm America. <laughs> it's, it's like when you uh, when you mess up in Spanish class on your presentation, you're like, Yo, soy Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mark Brown says, the flimzimzver, or whatever it's called. Frank Aww. says, hello, Sam Sparks. I'm America. Very good. Very good. <laughs> That's such a funny one. Um, Charmaine, she is actually in the chat. So is Frank. So is Mark. But Charmaine says, my chest hairs are tingling. Something's wrong. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that. Mr. T is brilliant. Mark also says, shirt ripples. And you thought an allergy would make you attractive? <laughs> And then a few more, Davy Brent. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then another one for Sam Sparks, I'm America. Good times. Good times. Great oldies. Cool 94.5. And how. So let's rate it, fellows. Fellow Sam Sparks. Oh, um, also I just found I just realized that Baby Brent is the original Master Chicken. Oh. Kung Fu Master Chicken. Ooh, we can have a spin-off sequel for that. His adventures in the chicken suit. <laughs> Draw that man in a chicken suit. Baby Brent! I despise that chicken. That would yeah. be a hilarious mashup. <laughs> All right, so what what would I rate it? Can I hold mine till the end? Sure, sure. Kelsey, go. All right, so I I thought this movie was so outrageous, but so smart. I mean, we talked about how many spoofs there were, how many references there were. It was just when you're able to bring in those references so well without really making it so blatant that you 
it takes you out of the story. It was really impressive. And so because of that, I'm like, yes, good job. But then in general, the whole thing, I just had a really good time watching this. The quotes were amazing. And like I mentioned before, it was so outrageous that the more outrageous it got, the funnier it got and the more you were on board for it, or at least I was. Um, altogether, I would say that this has fantastic replay value. I would love to watch it again. Um, I'm going to give it four stars because it's a great film. All right. I also obviously really like this film. I think it's very smart, witty. Every line just cracks me up and is so funny. Chris Lord um, or Chris Miller. Wait, the two directors <laughs> can't talk right now uh, are just so great at what they do. And they really left their mark in animation with their great scripts and, and directing style. And also, obviously Sony, this is, uh, I think this was really huge and pivotal for them as a studio. And I'm so glad that this was able to give them a lot of critical and acclaim. So, however, I don't think that it's, I, I kind of lose interest towards the end when it's just, you know, chaos and we're trying to stop the food. The ending does go on for a long time. Yeah, I think it's a bit too long. To me, the, the most interesting part of the film is his invention, inventions and then once the food starts coming. But you can't just have, you know, food of the day uh, repeating and repeating and repeating. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I really enjoyed this movie. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm hovering between 3.5 and 4 stars. Hmm. So, and I think I gave the sequel 2.5 stars, which I maybe I need Whoa. to that, but I just it was, love it. it. True. I didn't love the sequel, and we'll talk about that one day. 2.5 uh, stars. When was the last time Morgan rated something 2.5 stars? And here's the thing. My ratings don't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. No, no you know, they don't. I, if I rate things and I pad them high, that's just the way it is. So I'm just not even going to give a rating. <laughs> I mean, uh, some people get very upset with our rating. Say 3.5 because one, my ratings don't matter and 3.5 it is. All right. Um, Caught with a chance of meatballs. One gets 4.5 stars for me. It is wow. darn very, very close to perfection. Um, the ending. Here's my justification. It's adorable. It's an adorable film. It is funny without being nasty. Not a lot of mayhem humor. Like, not like how minions did it i hate to always rag on minions but mayhem humor perfect perfect example um the ending did go on for a really long time but the technical achievements um of the film made the ending much more interesting to watch and much more bearable and and despite having a lot of stars well i think there's a difference between having comedy stars as your voice actors versus just celebrities mm -hmm. like beyonce is not a comedy star she's not she's not funny um <laughs> beyonce is not funny says mason and um but andy samberg is you know so i i think they're a lot more animated and, and as real people and they can achieve um you know these voices for animated characters a lot easier that's a good theory for the whole voice acting debate 
I like four, and a half, four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. I You're really enjoyed so it. Bad with my three point five. I think one reason why I made no, 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 no. We gotta have differing opinions. It's great. No, it's good. But I think one reason why I did rate this one a little lower. It probably is a four. Now that I think about it, is because I didn't get to watch this all continuously. I started mm. watching it. I fell asleep. I had to finish watching. Okay, it. that's your own fault. <laughs> yeah, this is my own fault. So my own viewing experience affected the movie. But yeah, I, I ended up watching it in like three or four parts. So I didn't watch it continuously through. So, four. <laughs> all right, all right. Wait I feel cave. like this is one of those three point seven five cases, which we're five three point seven five. We're under. We're no, we're under contract to only use multiples of of one half. <laughs> I've used multiples of point five. I mean that that Myra girl, she introduced the point seven five system, and it just threw the whole podcast into a into <laughs> chaos. Never oh. again. <laughs> That was one of the funnest episodes, having her on on um, Princess Mononoke. I love her. Yeah, Myra's a jewel. <laughs> we love all of our staff and our, our listeners. It's true. All right, so I am going to go to the voicemail section right now. Our first one is from Ryan P. This was actually his choice, by the way. Hello, Rotoscopers. Ryan here with my voicemail for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Whoop! Shame to say I came to the bandwagon a bit late with this one. I actually saw it on its premiere on Cartoon Network. Up until that point, no interest in seeing it. Sat down, wasn't expecting to be blown away, but in fact, I was. I mean, the character development, the detail and everything, just something as small as the character that's being voiced by Mr. T has a reverse mohawk is amazing <laughs> to like multiple viewings, very quote worthy. I, all in this, this, this is this guise of a disaster movie with a twist because it's all about food falling from the sky. Bruce Campbell, an amazing addition. If uh, You guys got to watch this on a huge screen. Just how he is constantly sweating as he becomes super, super morbidly obese. <laughs> One of my favorite things, the, the hilarity, the self-referential comedy, the camera work, it's its own character in this film. And I cannot praise this guy enough if you guys haven't had the chance to watch it go ahead and do yourself a favor because it became one of my favorite animated films nay favorite movies of all time I hello you heard it first on the rotoscopers scenes with all the special features the blu-ray is amazing by the way i have it like on lock in my blu-ray player downstairs <laughs> and i just wanted to say i just wanted to call to say this thing gets a five out of five from me. Doesn't hold that much weight in the world, but hey, it's there. Yeah. You guys Holy have a great one. And hey, thank you guys for doing your job. Bye. Aw, uh, I love Ryan. Ryan is a patron. And you know, listening to his his side of it, yeah. I oh. am really happy that we were able to review one of his favorite films. Mm-hmm. Oh, this was his. This yeah. was his, yeah. All right. Excellent choice, Ryan. Ryan's choice. One is not necessarily a review of this, but just a question for us. We don't really get a lot of questions anymore, you know, just general questions for the show. 
Uh, but we got one now. Hey, uh, Morgan, Mason, and Chelsea. It's Mark. How are y'all doing today? Uh, so I got a question for y'all. It's not really related to any particular movie. So it's just about, as we know, for most animated films, they seem to be based, the, the fiction ones seem to be based on, uh, I mean, most of them seem to be fiction. If you were to make an animated film based upon a true event in history or a biopic, an animated biopic about somebody, uh, what what would it be? Who, who would who would you make an animated biopic of, or what event would you make an animated film about? Looking forward to hearing your answers. Thanks. Bye. All right, animated biopic, go. I would say the reason why they stick mostly to fiction stuff is because animation you are able to do such crazy things like you're able to build worlds and you know be very much um air more on the side of imagination than reality and i think that's animation is such a great medium for that and it's hard to i mean i've seen i've seen like the wind rises is a great one that's kind of based off of a oh, of true really? events um but it's, I don't know, putting it, there doesn't seem to come one to my mind as far as, like, that's the one I would pick. How about you guys? Huh. Well, there have been, there have, this rich animation studios, he did Swan Princess, he mm-hmm. has actually done a lot of these for different people in history, that's so true. a lot of American legends he has done. Um, the most notable, I think, of, of feature animation is, Pocahontas, but then still took a lot of liberties with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I mean, that was a pretty awesome one. And then Hercules, you know, because that's a true story, too, based on real events. Um, uh. I, it's very hard because you want someone who is larger than life, you know, maybe someone who's a little bit more animated or... Um, but then there's also um, The Wind Rises, which is a Studio Ghibli film, which is a biopic, and it's totally serious. It's not funny in any way. I mean, there's a little humor here and there, but it's not meant to like make you laugh and, and die laughing, basically. So this is just such a hard question. I, I mean, I guess who is someone that I just would love to hear their story? Like, I think um, Abraham Lincoln, I mean, as dumb as that is, and it's probably already been done, but... Um, could be a very interesting character to do this. And I I think for me to do this, I would prefer to see this done as more of a period film. So I would prefer someone from, you know, the 1700s, you know, the 1800s, where it's not just replicating history or, or real life as it is, but we also get to go back into some other world that we have not seen before. Yeah. I like Mark one. Twain, I think, would actually be a really interesting <laughs> one. Oh, they did an animated film with Mark Twain, and it was <gasps> crazy trippy. Oh, my gosh. Um, Charlie Chaplin. Ooh. I think his story would be really interesting. I mean, he's kind That'd of more really of a character in general. I mean, because he's a movie star, um, probably the most famous movie star of all time, but also to see, like, he was the one that wrote the song, Smile, though your heart is breaking, smile, even when you're taking. And it's, um, so, t- like, somebody who's that deep who could come up with a song like that, and then also, but just, I don't know, I think that would be a really cool 
story just in general to see. Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, let's see. What would I do? Uh, I just watched Rango again because it's one of my favorite animated films ever. So I think there needs to be more Wild West stuff. Um, also, oh. I was I was thinking about this. I think they should do an animated film on like like on- 1960s civil rights stuff. I think that'd be kind of interesting to do in an animated film, and um, or to like tell the story of that through animation in a way in a way that where the Treat it differently than how Ralph Bakshi treats um, <laughs> civil rights issues. Um, but yeah, I um, I think that would be kind of cool. That and Wild West. I don't know. I think a lot of animated films are based on a certain time period, not exactly a moment in time, not exactly a you know a specific event. Mm-hmm. Well, also you could also I I really liked how in the Book of Life they took. Stories that, yeah, those weren't real, obviously. But, I mean, if you would take a story and put it in, like, puppet characters or something like that, I think that is a cool dynamic. I mean, it's a cool switch in medium. Good question. Very good. Thank you. So if you have a question for us, be sure to leave us a voicemail at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. You can also give us a call at 406-646-6575. For this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast, for show notes, go to rotoscopers.com slash 107. That's where you can find all of the links for different things that we've talked about throughout this episode. You can rent or buy the film. I've also included links to the soundtrack and to the original book. Um, If you are interested in maybe having an audio version of this book, Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs is available on Audible. So if you go to rotoscopers.com slash Audible, then... You can get an audio version of this. It's 26 minutes long. So it's actually a pretty decent sized book and reading of the book. Um, so for all of those things, you can support us on rotoscopers.com slash Amazon and then Audible. And we appreciate whenever you shop using those links because we get a little kickback to help support the show so we can keep this running and going for you guys. Also, we talked about Patreon. We are really so close. We're probably about just a handful of Patreon patrons away from having a weekly news show or a bi-weekly news show. But then the show, the Animation Addicts podcast and, and whatnot, the Rotoscopers will be doing a show weekly. Let's just put it that way. Okay? Okay. Enough said. Um, Enough said. Yeah. Of course, you can find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Make sure to leave us a review, and we will read your review on the air or at least give you a shout-out. You can also find this podcast on Hypable and Animated Views. Um, You can find me, Morgan Stradling, on Twitter. I'm at Morgan Stradling. As mentioned in the chat earlier, I do do tweet about Survivor quite a bit, so buyer beware. You can find Chelsea on Hmm. Twitter, at Chelsea Robson. She's also on Instagram and Periscope. And Mason, you can find him on Twitter at Mason, no, it's at Mason, S-M-T, 
X. And you can find him on Instagram as well. I'm on Instagram. He also has a blog, thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com. Oh, brother. I haven't posted to that in like two years. All right. Do not go there. <laughs> don't, don't do it. I mean, you'll find some cool stuff. Our Actually, next... I, just, I just found this cool blog. It's called uh, Top 50 Disney Animators. It's, it's oh, yeah. really informative. That's awesome. I try to read one or two every day. Our next episode is going to be the Peanuts movie, which if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, it comes out on the day that the Peanut movie hits theaters in U.S. So we're really excited about that. So in two weeks, we will be reviewing that. Definitely to prepare for that, go see and support the movie in theaters if it's available where you live. I know some places that aren't going to get it for a few months, but if you can, definitely go support these, these films and filmmakers in the box office, especially during those first few weeks when it's so critical. Uh, yeah, so that's all I have. Do you guys have any last words, parting remarks? Well, okay, I just want to say that like last ep- last last week's episode was frustrating at the end, but I really think that we achieved something here because I feel like we haven't had that many. Mason, you're on mute. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I wanted to be like, (laughs) we didn't have anything happen to us this time. Yes, the Phantom of the Podcast strikes again. Thank you for your good thoughts, listeners, for keeping the Phantom of the Podcast at bay. All right, until next episode. We are the Rotoscopers. You bet we are. You better believe it. No, say it. Okay. <laughs> we have been live for about 10. Have we really? Oh, dad gum. <laughs> Welcome to the Rotoscopers YouTube. My name is Chelsea. This is. No, this I am totally off. Now, you threw me off. You threw me on my groove. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you threw it off, Chelsea. It's groove. Ah! <laughs>